You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? Kelsey and Megan here from Girls Talking Boys, and we have a bit of a treat for you all today on this show. Um, Megan and I, if you guys didn't know, we're big Cowboys fans, but also big reality TV fans. That is the truth. And so when we had the opportunity to interview Stephen Coletti from Laguna Beach and One Tree Hill, you know we had to jump on it. And guys, it was so fun. <laughs> He, he had a lot of fun stories for us. Yeah, um, my personal favorite was the Tony Romo Halloween story. You're going to die when you find out what he was for Halloween. And also, like, who knew that Marion Barber was such a big Laguna Beach fan? The gems that we picked up in this interview, you're going to love. So uh, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and let you guys listen in. Stephen Colletti. Stephen Ben. Okay, and joining us now, we have actor, producer, writer, and Cowboys fan, Stephen Colletti. Stephen, hello. Hello, nice to be with you guys. You could put Cowboys fan first. Oh, it's Cowboys like fan, that. actor, producer, writer. Yeah. Priorities. We appreciate you already. I think you missed the title, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> that you title, that title's been with you. me too. Sorry, I had almost, to say. almost as long as a Cowboys fan. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, Stephen, um, outside of the draft, because we were excited about that, how have you been spending your quarantine? I mean, mm-hmm. it's been, what, we, are we on week eight right now? Yeah, that was the only highlight of my quarantine. Truly, so. truly. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know which, where I'm living anymore. I don't know which state I'm in. Um, it's, it's been, um, yeah, how have I been living it? Well, I moved right before. So it, I've actually, um, I was able to distract myself for about, for about a month uh, moving into a place and being like, oh, this is fine. You know, I'm getting, getting time to move in. Uh, but yeah, this last month, as as things have really, you know, um, come to a crawl, I've I've kind of, uh, man, I, it's just, I, I found myself reading a book, which is nice, because oh. to be honest, it's like podcasts and watching TV and, and just taking in movies and, 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 you know, and stuff like that. So I, I, I've been kicking myself for a little while where it's like, I haven't picked up a book in way too long. So that has been something I usually, I would go out and run for like, you know, I could do like a good mile or two. I'm not, not a big runner over here, but yeah, uh, <laughs> plenty of time to like, <laughs> plenty of time to like make an extra play- playlist and then be like, you know what? I don't really have anything for a couple hours. So let's just keep running. So I found myself running a little longer than usual and, uh, and just spacing out on the streets of uh, Orange County, um, <laughs> getting to know my new neighborhood. Not a bad place yeah. to space out. So, I've honestly, I know, I, I know. I'm not a big runner myself, but I've been running 5Ks pretty frequently in this quarantine. And so- There you go. Right? Like I'm kind of like, I'm pretty mildly impressed with myself. Like I haven't quite gotten over the hump where I'm running more than that, but like, listen, 5k is not bad. Whereas I have an app that's always like dust off your shoes and do your body good today. And I'm like, yeah, maybe uh, open a white bar or do, I don't know. <laughs> I think I, I think it was, uh, I saw this tweet from uh, Anna Kendrick who talked about like, well, now I can't lie to myself about all the shit that I wish I could do if I had time to do it. No Sorry kidding. Sorry for cussing, by the way. Oh no. <laughs> and it was Wait. so brilliant. It was so right on. And then it was, it was, um, yeah, but it, I, I was like, for the first, as I was kind of just moving into my place, I eventually was like, I should write some stuff down that I want to accomplish because I don't want to look back on this and be like, what did I do during my quarantine? Like, oh, I just sat around and did the same stuff that I would do like on a lazy weekend. So um, I found writing some stuff down that I wanted to accomplish and then trying to hit those goals has been very Is productive. So one of those things, putting a Cowboys room in your new place? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, uh, the man cave? I, I wish. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> but wait, what is I don't on your have list? the man cave. Um, oh, of, of my list of goals. Wow. Um, yeah. Share your soul, your soul there, Stephen. Let's I'm, see. <laughs> I'm trying to see where that one of them was to read a book. Uh, a read a freaking book is actually what it was written down as. <laughs> uh, my, 
my sister had given me um, a couple of routes to run um, and they were some of the longer ones. Uh, so put a few of those down on there. There were some sh- like specific shows that I would want to watch that I feel like people would recommend. And I'm like, I don't know if I really wanted to, you know, if I, if I would watch those. Um, and I found myself diving through those. Uh, Shit's Creek is one of them that I've been watching. I'm doing um, the same thing. Me too. <laughs> I just started watching there that. There you go. <laughs> Um, what is another one? Better Dan Call Saul. I got thing. through. Um, I'm trying to think. What else is on my? What's the um, book you read? Uh, it's called Good to Great. Um, this actually it's it's sports related. This was like a random book that uh, Kobe Bryant would talk about. Um, and he, Jay Adonde, who is uh, was a writer for ESPN. I'm not sure where he's at now, but he covered the Lakers for a while. And he he talked to Kobe about this book, and he. Kobe told him not to release the name of the book till after he retired for, because he felt like there was some just like, I guess his leadership style and how he you know, liked to play. There were some secrets in the book and he didn't want people to figure it out until he was done. Just Kobe being Kobe basically. Yep. And um, so I was curious about it and it was funny because I thought it was going to be a lot of like maybe sports psychology. No, not at all. It is, it is about fortune 500 companies in the eighties and the nineties and what, which ones like were able to take the next step into being successful. That was the good to great uh, angle that Kobe was taking. It has nothing to do with sports. So I'm kind of like, I found myself in this and and something that I would, I would never read, but it, it, um, you know, just because of kind of the Kobe factor on it, I I found myself engaged into it. And it's, it's interesting. You're, You're kind of, um, you know, you're, you're learning about, you know, what it takes to be a good leader, um, you know, having the people around you. And, and there's a lot of stuff you can obviously apply to your own life. So, um, yeah. I feel like the beak of curiosity a bit. Yeah. I, I feel like that's something that I've noticed with a lot of these good leaders and, and athletes specifically where they've come, they've approached their, their sport and their craft from a 360 degree perspective. Um, it, it hasn't just mm. been about being great on the field, but they've also been you know, honing in, like you said, like on the business side of it or the leadership side of it, it, it's just, it's more than just a ball and a court or a ball and a field. Yeah. Like that's just a chapter. Whereas there's more yeah. beyond that. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And, and I love that. Um, I mean, as tragic as it's been, you know, I think the, the world is getting to see Kobe for like what he was building and what he became like as a man, like basketball was just something in his life. And then he openly admitted like, Oh, I don't dream about basketball anymore. I'm going to retire. I've got all these other things to do. And, you know, people are learning that he was this, you know, amazing father to, you know, these four lovely girls. And, and, you know, he was creating this, he's creating books to, to kind of get these elements about, you know, life and, and leadership and, and, and dedication to things that he was putting in these stories that he wanted to teach and get out there for people to excel and not just, you know, accept kind of mediocrity. Um, and I, I don't know, it's, it's pretty cool. And it's kind of something that I've kind of been obsessed with, I guess it's that Mamba mentality, but um, yeah. I was, you know, I'm a big Lakers fan growing up, and obviously Kobe was was one of the, uh, uh, you know, big heroes in my life uh, growing up as far as athletes go. So, um, found myself, of course, you know, diving into a lot about him and and kind of his whole um, philosophy on 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 just tackling life and all that. So um, it's been it's been interesting, although it's incredibly tragic story, that's for sure. I mean, I I hope you're watching the Last Dance because it's going to be on episode five, and I get your tissues ready. Uh, oh, have you seen it? I haven't you know, seen it. Kobe's, I saw a preview, I just, and I just—I already know I'm gonna melt. I'm gonna lose it. Uh, yeah, I have. Um, uh, man, and, and I was gonna say Jordan's kind of to what we were talking about about the you know as sport just being something that these guys are involved with, but how you know what else they're doing in the world, how they're contributing, how they're contributing to the communities, and also like what kind of you know footprint they want to leave behind. Jordan was like, as far as building a, a brand, I mean, he was. The fact that it's as big as it still is today is is, is pretty incredible. Um, but um, uh, what was I just going to say? I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah. No. yeah. So, I, um, yeah, Kobe, uh, I, I think, yeah, I'll, the, I'll probably be a little emotional on that. I, the day that he um, retired, I remember I was, in the, I was in the gym in the morning, and I saw that they were decorating all this when I was living in L.A. at the time. And they were decorating Staples Center and putting up these, these big, you know, posters and whatnot and there, you know, things that were hanging down from the top of the stadium. And I had this, like, crazy urge to go and check it out. So I, I literally like, got off a treadmill, drove to downtown L.A., took, like, a walk around the stadium, just took it in real quick. And this was, like, at 11 a.m. in the morning, and the game wasn't going to be until, you know, 7.30 at night. I took some pictures and went home. 
And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this whole game. And I just thought it was going to be kind of an exciting celebratory time. The game, you know, starts with the video montage and then magic says a couple things and then they do another video montage. And I cried like a freaking baby. No. I don't know. I don't remember. Like, I don't know when was the last time that I broke down like that. It was probably a couple of relationships back. And it was, yeah. it was like, man, I didn't know I was capable of this, but it, you realize that, you know, these athletes played such a pivotal role in, in kind of your upbringing and your youth. And, and uh, to see that chapter close, you know, Kobe played for the Lakers for 20 years and, and yeah. I'm, I'm all of a sudden being flooded with these memories of my friends from, you know, painting an, a purple L and my friend having an A, you know, in, oh, in the nice. nosebleeds of Staples Center back in, 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 two, in the year, you know, um, I don't know, 1999. Uh, to you know when they were l- winning their later championships and and celebrating with friends in, in bars in LA it's just like that whole span you just kind of flashes before your eyes and and uh yeah it was it was an emotional one so um That's yeah I'm, I'm gonna be um yeah yeah I'll be I'll be watching closely to see um see Kobe on the so, last dance so big cap or big LA fan obviously you grew up in LA area but Lakers fan um I'm yeah. interested to find out we'll ask you here in a few minutes more about how you became a Cowboys fan but yeah, a lot of people know you because of your LA roots and, and Orange County. I know myself personally, I'm going to go way back. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> when I set up this interview with you, it was it's the epitome of my world colliding because I first knew you on Laguna Beach, um, like the first mm-hmm. reality TV show, if you will, of our generation, I started think. started my obsession with reality television. Honestly, so. you created a monster. I hope you realize mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> people people have mentioned this and i was like oh no there was there was the newlyweds and uh i believe the ozzy osbourne family and they're like no that was that was they were celebrities you guys were nobody we're like yeah i, I guess it was way more interesting no <laughs> i'm not even joking like i was so into that show when i was younger god bless my parents like when i was i think i was like 14 or something in high school and i convinced them that it was the most millennial high school girl spring break trip of all time i was like okay we're gonna go to la and then we're gonna go to huntington beach because huntington beach is on the tv screens in hollister and then we're gonna go to laguna beach and my parents did it and they were like "I." Like, that's so funny thanks honestly like i don't it was a very yeah. poorly planned trip but like god bless my family like they must really love me um <laughs> oh that's but where where were you where would you grow up where were you coming from so i was from kansas it was quite the trip so you know we didn't uh, like, okay. we didn't really gotcha. have the scenery that you guys have in laguna but um, talk about, you know, just for, for those that, cause we're going to have people that are on here that are fans of you from like back in those days as well. What was it like being a mm-hmm. part of like those, one of those first ever reality TV shows? Was it actually real or was it a little more scripted than what you realized? Because nowadays when you watch reality TV, it's, you know, it's just not real, if you will. Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, it's funny. We, of course, we were so naive back then. It was, it was, you know, I was 17 when we did that. And we, we, there was no way that it was going to end up actually airing on MTV. Right. It was just, this was going to be something that was like, Oh, they're going to do a little documentary and, and they're going to look at it and be like, these kids are boring. Like, this is terrible. Let's just can this. I really thought we were going to end up in a box, but I, I was excited for the opportunity because I wanted to get in entertainment. Um, and, but then, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you what, why it, it, it wind up, you know, kind of taken off. Um, but I was definitely in, in denial about it for a while. And I went to college uh, as it was airing. And I, and I actually went to college kind of away from, from Laguna, went to San Francisco State. And not a lot of people where I, uh, I grew up were going there. I was looking for a new experience. And all of a sudden, my, you know, high school career is being flashed on all the TV screens of everyone <laughs> in my dorm. As I'm arriving on campus, it was really perfect timing on my part. Didn't really think that one through all the way. Uh, but uh, I think that, um, you know, it, it, it's it's funny. I think for a long time, um, I was definitely in denial of like, oh, this isn't, it's not really anything. Um, but it's it's been interesting to see people, um, you know, come up to me, um, you know, still on the street. Uh, these days and, and talk about, you know, seeing the show back in the day and, and how it had this like kind of profound impact on, on their, you know, on their viewing experiences as, as, as a kid um, wondering, you know, whether or not there was, everyone always asked the same question, like, is it real or not? And, and, you know, what stories did you really know these people? Like people were like, did you actually grow up in there? And to me, it was like, it was like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like MTV got these stories and found out about these kids and what they did is, is set up a lot of environment to, to try to you know have those stories kind of play out and live how they had heard them so you're getting a little bit of a, of a guided um almost replay of, of stuff that might have happened 
And, and so that took some finessing on their part and some editing, I think, to create that dynamic. Um, and, you know, you had a mix of, of what is, you know, real life story and, and these relationships are true. We all went to high school together um, and, and these people did date each other. Um, but then, you know, it, it's being plugged into the machine um, in the entertainment world with some great editors and some great cinematographers that shot the thing and, and made, you know, the city look amazing. And, and um, I, I think that, um, yeah, that's how it kind of all came together. Mm-hmm. So you get on successfully to go yeah. on to One Tree Hill because you said, you know, you were trying to get into entertainment. Was, was acting always something that you wanted to be involved in? Was that kind of your main goal? Yeah, there was, um, actually it was, it was more of hosting right off the bat. Um, I knew, um, like I was going to San Francisco state for radio and television. I, I, um, a couple things, either I, I knew I wanted to get into some hosting. I'd done some acting, um, but didn't really take it seriously. And, and the irony of, of, you know, shooting stuff, um, for, for Laguna, since Laguna was kind of the, um, you know, they didn't have us ever talk to camera. It was kind of shot like a, a, a soap a drama, you know, where, you, you know, you're, you're never yeah. having these people, you know, answer questions directly to camera or whatever, narrate what was going on. Um, I, that like just being in, in production and, and, and kind of like they, when they needed to get something to tie a, a um, you know, um, a storyline together where they're like, okay, we need you to, to walk over here and talk to this person about this you know, you had talked about it before, but we need to get it, you know, like this so that we have it, and we can connect the dots here and here, like, oh, or whatever. I, for something that, for me, that was just kind of something that, um, I don't know, I enjoyed being production. I enjoyed the camaraderie of, of creating something. Now, um, you know, what, what Laguna wound up being was, was not at the top of my list of, of what I'd like to create or <laughs> the impression <laughs> I'd like to leave on this world. Um, but, uh uh, for better or worse, it was just, you know, something that, that sparked that um, interest in me of like, hey, you know what, let's let's give this a shot. I'd done some theater growing up, um, didn't really want to tell anybody I was enjoying it. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm in sports. I'm going to you know, play <laughs> football, soccer, and golf. Sports like, forever. that's what I do because I'm a guy, right? Yeah. Um, so, thankfully, you know, the irony of, of, of being, you know, uh, coming to the kind of all the, the trends of, of high school and whatnot growing up, eventually leaving that behind and saying, hey, let's do this show, even though most of my friends are like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know what, I'm over this. I want to do something different. And uh, there's there's something in this. So, um, yeah, and, and I went from there into hosting. I, I did I did TRL with MTV for a little while. And then um, I just, you know, when I was taking acting classes and stuff, I was like, oh, acting is, is something that uh, I've got an interest for, definitely. So kind of just grew from there. I feel like a lot of the roles that you portray are very much the good guy. Like on Laguna, I mean, just from, I, I was team Steven. So <laughs> everyone was, everyone was one oh, tree hill, kind of similar, like Chase, who's this guy who's trying to save himself. And, and also, um, I didn't realize this. I was today years old when I realized that you were also in Taylor Swift's video, but I can't believe you were today years old. <laughs> I have no idea. But she, totally, she came out and she was like, I, I wanted him because he seemed so nice and innocent. So do you ever find it hard to extrapolate yourself from this character that you've always portrayed successfully, might I add, but it seems like you're, you're, you're a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get that a lot, uh, in, in, in the business, even when I'm auditioning, they're like, you're, you're too nice. And I'm like, I'm not always nice. I'm like, I could be a jerk, but well, you cheated uh, it, on it Taylor is, Swift uh, and White Horse. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Uh, I think that, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, even when you, when you get those characters and, and it's, it's, um, you know, somebody who is maybe not making the best decisions and, and whether it's, um, you know, there's like a, a love triangle theme. I, th- I can thank Laguna for this, um, that has definitely followed me in, in my career in different roles and, and stuff that I've, I've played. And, um, I don't know, you just, you always try to, um, you know, I, I don't want to, characters are play. You, you don't, want to make them out to be a bad guy or, or you have to see the kind of the good in them or, or what their, you know, their drive is. And you kind of latch onto that and, and you follow that. And I hope that there is some redeeming qualities that come out of it, you know, or, or that you're not just a, a complete POS, but you know, those, those characters that are just complete POS, those are fun too. I just don't yeah. get those very often. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I feel like because of like these roles that you've played, it actually kind of forces your audience to dive a little deeper where you can honestly be portrayed as more of a complex character where, if you are a guy who's like pseudo nice, but maybe there's more layers to you, it's a little more challenging for your audience to have to grasp onto and understand, which is, is I enjoy that as, as a viewer. Mm, I like that. So, so um, 
before we go full cowboys on you, I want to talk about a new project you have coming out um, with One Tree Hill castmate James Lafferty. Um, everyone is doing great. Give us a little idea of like what you're up to nowadays. Yeah, so we um, this is a, something that James Lafferty and I jumped on uh, about about two and a half years ago. We were um, writing something and we felt good about it, and we wanted to kind of take it to the next level. And, and we just we basically shot um, a pilot episode and. It was on this kind of like the idea of like, well, there's this, this new frontier of, of streaming services and, and independent television. And, um, we, you know, we wanted to take a crack at it. And so we felt like with the show, um, we, you know, we would feel strongly enough about it to, to take it around and, and, and show people and hopefully, you know, get it bought. Um, and after shooting it, we, and cutting it all together, we kind of were like, you know what, we don't want the business to tell us whether or not we can continue to make the show. We want to continue to make it. So um, as we were lining up these, uh, kind of festivals to, to show the pilot, uh, we decided to do like a um, crowdfunding campaign and, and try to raise some money to ensure that we were going to shoot some other episodes. So we did that and thankfully, you know, it worked out, um, albeit definitely held for a little while there trying to <laughs> navigate uh, the, the the crowdfunding waters and asking people for money every single day. Definitely That's not so something cool. him and I are accustomed to doing. Yeah, but thankfully, you know, you got to have, you know, something that you, you feel very strongly about and, and you're very excited about. And, and the project is what drove it all for us. And, and, you know, it did also give us the opportunity to learn a little bit more about, you know, social media and, and you know, um, just kind of, of course, where, where me is going and, and, and what you need to be um, in, in tune with. Um, so um, we're, we're grateful for that and we're able to shoot it and, and edit it. We, we're the editors on the project as well. Um, wow. James directed it, um, but we edited it. So we spent all of pretty much last year uh editing the show which is eight episodes and and um about you know four and a half hours uh, of television and uh so now we've we've been spending the last six months kind of just locking up some things um getting getting it all buttoned up and ready to go and, and finding it a home uh and so we're still in that process right now and and uh we're you know we're making ground but um we don't have like a release date for it yet but it is coming um and we are you know a lot of things were kind of putting on pause as far as where exactly we were going to land, um, you know, with the last uh, couple of months here, but um, we're still, you know, um, trying to roll the rock up the hill and, and, and get it out to everyone. Cause you know, we've been pushing the show for a while and, and people invested in it um, about two years ago for our campaign. And, and we're, they're still like, Hey, where's the show? We're like, I know we're trying to, we're trying to get it out. We're getting it out to you. So yeah. Um, yeah, we're excited. And, and basically real quick, it's just, you know, it's, it's a comedy. We, James and I play these two guys that run this, a huge hit vampire drama. It's very close to, you know, mirrors our experiences in the, in, in the industry. Um, and while it is, you know, as, as we like to say, an industry adjacent show, um, it's much more than that. It, it's basically, um, you're taking these guys that have, you know, these, um, I don't know, some would say, um, extravagant experiences you know, experiences and jobs, whatever in their life, but you're humanizing them a lot more, bringing them down to earth. It's a down to earth show about, you know, these guys and some of their darkest hours. So um, it's a dark comedy and um, yeah, we have fun just kind of having these little vignettes on life and, and uh, um, yeah, we, we think people will be able to kind of relate to it and, and feel like, you know what, when everyone else you feel around you is, is, is doing well and you're not, uh, that's okay because most people are going through the same stuff. I love that. So our friend Chelsea uh, is a really big One Tree Hill fan. So she was excited about your new project. And she was actually one of the ones like tip us off to like this pool project you're working on. So you work with James on One cool. Tree Hill. What's it been like working with him on this new project? And do you have any like crazy stories or two to tell us from this whole process? <laughs> um, yeah, so we, uh, we never really got to work together too much on, on, on One Tree Hill. And we didn't really become too close to friends until you know the last couple seasons we just we just never had an opportunity to uh, to spend much time together but um you know i think we'd it's, it's funny you were talking earlier about you know stuff that you would kind of get pigeonholed on or in the roles that we get and and while we'll see this and, and it definitely happens in the industry and i'll you know get a lot of the same stuff you know we would bond over certain comedies and stuff some stuff that's like really out there like weird show from australia or this weird show from italy uh, that might you know most people would never even heard of here in the states and we you know from there we got like man how fun would it be to do something like this and so we just kind of you know uh, it, it, that's what was you know the genesis of like well let's let's make what we want to make let's do something and um you know you have the opportunity to do that nowadays with all the technology that's available to you and so you really have no excuse and 
Um, thankfully, you know, we, we found pretty early on that we have a good working relationship. We sat down to write and it was almost like, it was almost like therapeutic, like just getting a lot of these stories out and, and, and reminding each other like, Oh, Hey, remember when this happened? Like, what if we, you know, there's an angle that we can play on this and bring this into the story. And that process went very well. And thankfully, um, and, and so, um, that's why we, you know, we continue to, to push forward with it. But, um, I think that, that, that it, it was almost too good for, for a while. Like we would just hustle and, and, and get it done. And then all of a sudden we found ourselves sitting in an editing room together, learning, uh, Premiere Pro, how to edit a show. And I'm just him familiar and I. with that. Yeah. And, and, um, so, you know, we both definitely get frustrated in different ways. And so I think, you know, having seeing him curse at a computer and seeing me curse at a computer and that the computer that we're sharing uh is, is is some pretty funny moments but then also i think some of the highlights for me have been the times when man things are going so good for a while and then we have found an argument on something and, and we start to fight on something and that's you know and, and and what that is is would eventually create something good and i think it was it was refreshing when that happened it's like oh good like we're not just saying like hey yeah good job man and like oh no kind of think that that's not good like we're, we're, we're being honest with each other we're calling each other out and when we did that and it took a little you know yeah you, know, you know grinding the axe if you will trying to to get to to the the resolution i think that's when we got some of our best stuff um so you know it was all um uh sunshine and rainbows there getting up to the point where all of a sudden we had to spend about you know six months in an editing room together and <laughs> Monday through Friday, you know, uh, nine hours a day. Uh, and eventually we, we found our, our limits, but our limits are, oh, this is still a good, healthy working relationship. <laughs> Love that. I'm definitely keeping an eye out for that. I'm the queen of binging shows, so that sounds right up my alley. She really is. <laughs> good. Um, it's a very bingeable show, definitely. Perfect. Uh, so to the good stuff, we know you're a Lakers fan and an Angels fan. How did you become a Cowboys yeah. fan? Oh, um, so I am um, very guilty of, of bandwagoning as about an eight-year-old boy uh, when the Cowboys were, were winning their Super Bowls in the early 90s. Uh, I latched on. I, think it was, I can't blame uh, an eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think it was the colors. Um, it was the success. I, I, there was just, I mean, with, with Prime and Aikman and Irvin and, and, I mean, even the guys like Jay Novacek, uh, Harper, like random, like Moose Johnson, like it's just, nice. there's all these characters that like, I feel like just, I don't know. I, I was like, this is like the best team ever. This is the best team in the world. Like nothing else matters. And, and so, um, you know, I was begging my parents for any sort of Cowboys gear. Um, I remember the first thing I got was like a Cowboys starter jacket. And then yes. um, my, my parents, even though, you know, I, they grew up in Laguna Beach, California, but I come from a very middle-class family. So I was, I was not spoiled and did not get whatever I want growing up. So I had to, it was like a big deal if I, if I got some sort of Cowboys gear. And, and this is the first, even more than the, the Lakers, the Angels, the, since the Cowboys were kind of like, they were from a different state. It was this, it was like a whole nother world. You might as well be another planet and, and didn't have access to it. And so, um, my mom was actually a flight attendant for American airlines for many years. And so she would train in Dallas at the American hub. And every once in a while she came back with something and whether it was like a pencil with like an eraser, that was a Cowboys helmet, like something like that, they would present it to me. And like, I would be so happy and I would worship that thing. Um, but um, I, you know, I, you know, truth be told, I bandwagon when I was, when I was a young kid and, and like a good Cowboys fan, I, I've been carrying around the guilt ever since. Um, wondering if it's me like so, I have this revolving op-ed in my brain of like wait are we not winning because I joined the fandom as a bandwagoning fan so what you're saying <laughs> is you're one of us yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's a tremendous amount of guilt and 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 um yeah just just confusion over what happened along the the rest of the 90s and the 2000s here I mean, it sounds like you got some superstitions there. Do you have like a special game day superstition that you like have to wear the same sweater or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. My friends make fun of me for that. There's uh, there's some <laughs> serious superstitions. Um, yeah. Lay it on us. I, I have, I have, I have a game day sweater uh, that is definitely worn. Are you wearing that um, right now? You said I, you were wearing a sweater. You bet your ass I'm wearing it right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> this is the only way this is going to go well. 
Pixar didn't happen. I, I, Pixar didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'll take a picture and send it. Um, so there's that. I have a little mini football with a handkerchief, and uh, it was. Wow. Um, there's like a candle next to my TV, and I put the ball on top of the candle, and then the handkerchief on top of it. <laughs> no, That's you don't. When the That's season is in session. Next level. Yes. That's that like a true. seance. What that are you doing? <laughs> He's trying to resurrect. <laughs> I'm telling you, I carry <laughs> around this best. guilt for 20 years, wondering what I did to deserve this or why the Cowboys deserve to, you know, to lose because I'm a fan. That's incredible. I love that so and brutal. much. Um, so you have what? <laughs> That's amazing. I know. I know. I know. Some of my friends are like, oh, you're still, you're still repping the Cowboys tough. Aren't you? I'm like, damn right I am. You're like, this candle's gonna work one day. Just wait for it, okay? And then who'll be laughing then? <laughs> All right. Exactly. So favorite players, past and present, which jerseys do you own? Go. Oh man. So I'm not a big jersey guy. Um I, I, I would I right, don't sweater. have a bunch of cowboys. Yeah, but I have shirts and, and sweaters, hats and a bunch of stuff like that. Um I, I think, you know. Back in the day, my, my favorite player was Aikman. Um, obviously, thought he was, you know, he was everything. He was a man. Um, he was, I think, my yeah, the first I was, I was a big fan of. Um, Prime was pretty exciting too. I, I liked all the, I liked what his whole, whole deal was, um, and just like watching him dance down the field and, and oh, yeah. wanting him to run back a punt for a touchdown or the interceptions. Like, I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> And then, um, you know, I got to, it was, it was, it was pretty cool in the, in the two thousands. Um, I got to, to meet uh, a couple of the Cowboys, like randomly somebody sent me an article where Marion Barber in, I think sports illustrated for kids had mentioned Laguna beach Ooh. and that he watched it and got a bunch of Cowboys to watch it as well. And I was like, what? And then somehow one thing or another, I, I, I wound up going to a, um, uh, a charity event that Jason Witten was putting on. It was a bowling event. And I started meeting, and this was like, I was, you know, kid in the candy store. I think I was like uh, Did you 22, play cool? 23 years old. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I played it as cool as I possibly could. I mean, I was shaking in the inside, but I'm like, oh my God, there's Wit, there's where's Barber. I was like, oh my God, Romo going to come. Like it, it, I wind up like just befriending a few of the guys and, and um, like, Marcus Ware came out to LA and, and we, we hung out a little bit and, and um, yeah. So is he I, the I, nicest guy ever? I, he is the nicest guy. Definitely. And, and hasn't changed a bit, which, which I love. He's, he's so, he's so cool. Um, and, um, and yeah, even like I played golf with Romo one time, um, which was, and he was, a, he was a cool guy. He was out in LA and we had a mutual friend. And, and so we played and I remember, um, played golf one time and then on his bye week one year he was he was in LA um at a Halloween party and I and I was so torn because I was like man Romo what are you doing here dude like get out of LA I know it's your what was week, he dressed up my, as I don't want my quarterback here <laughs> at at this like Halloween party in freaking Hollywood I'm like <laughs> this, this is like uh, I'm so I'm so conflicted like no you just no, 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 him waters and stuff yeah, Peyton Manning would not be here. Like he would be at home reading his playbook on, on the bye week. Um, so uh, Top Gun Romo. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes. his, 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 that's perfect. Yeah, his fighter gear with his aviators uh, was there hanging out. But he was a cool guy, a good guy. wasn't getting out of control, and and that made me. I was like, okay, like he's not a mess. He's just you know he's blowing off a little steam with somebody for himself. you know a night or two. Exactly. Um, so so yeah. What other good cowboy stories do you have? Like any encounters, like some of your favorite ones? Obviously you met a few of them. Oh man. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, those were, oh man. And there were some legends like at this, I remember like seeing Two Tall Jones at the at the bowling tournament. Um, seeing some guys that like, you just would never think that you would ever meet. And then meeting in person be like, oh my gosh, like I've been watching you in like NFL films, you know, for, since I was a kid. Um, trying to think, uh, I'm a little, um, the last, well, I should say this. I mean, it's hard the to last game I went, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. the last, um, I'll, I'll tell you like a couple of experiences of, of going to games. Um, and, you know, there's the superstition when I'm at home, but then there's when I'm at the stadium, um, which, which is, just, you know, it, it includes a lot of Miller lights. It uh, doesn't include <laughs> very much sitting. 
And you're also you're a team soccer man. Good is for this, you. Is this me or yeah? <laughs> 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 but I was um, so like I I. I went to the Cowboys first game um, when they opened up the new stadium against the Giants, wiped the floor with them there. I think it was like 105,000 people were, were there, which was awesome. Enjoyed that because I really started to hate the, the Giants through the 2000s. They were like, okay, those are the, that was the number one team where I'm like, I, I, you know, I want every person on that team to just die, cease to exist. <laughs> I um, can relate. <laughs> Yeah, now it's a little more of the Eagles, but it's, they're still neck and neck. And I mean, it's anyone in the NFC East. Redskins are terrible as well. They're just so Our, irrelevant. Can we just say that? Like, yeah. the Redskins are so irrelevant. They've been they, irrelevant for They a while. love to talk about how they, like, they just, like, be like, oh, are you bothered? I'm like, who are you? Honestly, genuinely, who are you? They're like a little mosquito. Get I like they face. try to make the play, like, oh, we upped the price for Amari Cooper because we were going to get him. But we were just doing that just to mess with the Cowboys. <laughs> like, no, you weren't. You, you, you wanted Cooper and you need to get him. And that was honestly, the draft, by the way. If you think an extra zero is going to bother Jerry at the, at the end of his check, then that's cute. Like, unbothered. <laughs> yeah, truly. All right, sorry. Back I to shouldn't, your I shouldn't say their I shouldn't say their their draft was a failure because they did get Chase Young, and, and that guy uh, looks like to to be a stud, and I am scared of him. But um, no. other than that, they're terrible. They're all terrible except for the Cowboys. But That's I have great. um, I have I think I have like a, a good game story. Um, not now it wasn't the opening um game for the new stadium, but it was it was in oh, man, it's just like had it been like two thousand. 11 or 2012, we were playing the Chicago Bears. It was in Dallas. I've actually, I've seen the Cowboys in, in Chicago a couple times, um, but it was one particular game where um, we, we were in Dallas and we were supposed to beat the Bears. Like it was, it was a shoe-in. I was there with some Bears fans. And, um, you know, I was in Miller Life deep and the game was ending and I realized that we were going to lose. And all that, you know, encouragement, shouting, I, I was bestowing on the team over the last two and a half hours was going to be all for naught. I didn't, I lost my voice and I felt like I should probably, I should probably go, you know, express my opinion to somebody on the field. So <laughs> I went from my seat and weaseled my way onto the field. And, and I, was, I was like, oh, I'm going to go like, I'm going to go talk to somebody and let them know this is what you need to be doing. <laughs> and so oh I, I got down there and I, I don't, I couldn't tell you because it's, of course, a little foggy. I couldn't tell you how I got on the field, but there I was on the field. I remember just kind of looking around for, I don't know who, I was probably looking for Jason Garrett, let's be real. And I couldn't find anybody. And then I just was like, all right, well, well now what do I do? I lost all my friends, lost everybody. And my phone winds up dying. And this was back when there were no iPhones yet or I had a BlackBerry. And I was like, what, what am I going to do? I am no lost in Cowboy Stadium. So yeah. things are going well. So I know that my BBM is down. So I, I wind up walking out of the stadium and I, I found like you know, a post-game tailgate with some, you know, um, some solid, solid Cowboys fans that were putting a few down after the game. And, and I saw that one of them had a BlackBerry. And I asked if I could take the battery out of their phone and put it in mine. <laughs> and I could only imagine like the look on their faces when they saw, I, I had to have been disheveled and sweaty and just looking <laughs> like a little angry guy, you know? And they were, thankfully they were cool enough to uh, uh, allow for me to use their battery and, and put it in my phone and then called my friends. And then they picked you, me up. By the time this happened, there weren't many people left in the parking lot and they just came over and they were like, Did you name drop yourself? What were you just like happened here? Do you know who I am? No, no, no. <laughs> you know who I think I am? <laughs> we, we, I know. When, when you come from Laguna Beach and MTV, you don't, you shouldn't be name dropping yourself. That's so, so it's like, I can't be, can't be too proud of that. It's not something like, I was on Laguna Beach, guys. So, obviously you <laughs> if you're had bragging some... about that, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so obviously you had some opinions to share that day. Uh, let's hear your opinions on how you think the Cowboys did this draft. I mean, it was, I, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but I'll, I'll let you take the floor. Yeah, well, I, I should say the um, the hype meter is 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 full. Like the train has has taken off, and and we are we are pretty excited. But I, I should preface all of this with like the, the fact that I was the most like armchair quarterback or armchair GM uh, that I've ever been leading up to a draft because you know we've been so deprived of sports. Um, I was I was getting plugged in, and I was like, all right, this is like this is what we need. This is where we better go. And I'm watching all the drafts and I never really been much of a draft guy except for the last like 
couple of years now I'm aging myself because when you're, I think you're in your, your early twenties or like in your teens, you're like, oh, I don't, I don't know anything about the draft. Like just show me game one. Yep. And now when you're just begging for all things, Cowboys all the time, it's like, all right, when's the draft coming, which felt like it was taking months to, to arrive. And then when it came, um, I was, you know, sitting in my chair, white knuckling kind of the, the, the armchair, <laughs> just, just being like, Hey, take, don't, don't F this up. Like take somebody on defense. I'm a bit of an LSU fan. I've done a few movies down in, in Louisiana and, and some of the, um, the producers down there. You go. I, I did one. Did you go to LSU? No, we have no. a very dear friend of ours that went in. Yeah. Therefore we've gone to many games. Okay. We've gone to some games. We were at the national championship you, this year. It was insane. Oh, that's awesome. There you go. Well, um, yeah, one of these uh, producers, Daniel Lewis, um, he's, he's been a big fan. He's got me on board. And, and, and so they're my SEC team. And um, so I was, I was hyped on uh, Chase on in, in the first round there and was like, don't, don't mess this up. So for the first second that C.D. Lamb's name was announced, I was pissed off. And I was like, oh, <laughs> really? Like, wait, uh, yes, yeah, seriously. And I'm like, just being completely honest. And I was like, wait, what do we, wait, what? But this this wasn't supposed to happen, and like we were for sure going defense. You're like we really need quickly. Defense. I I I, <laughs> I know. I I got my wits about me and realized that like, oh my god, we picked up the number one receiver. Like, oh, we're doing something different now. Like, it's it's not about you know players trying to fit into a system. It is, it is about let's just get really good players. That might be a good thing for us. And you know, again, my my knee jerk reaction was like, oh no, we we didn't do what we were supposed to do. And um, after you know reviewing a little bit more and understanding what just happened. I was like, oh no, no, this is actually, this is, this is a good thing. We are not going to, you know, follow the trends of, of old and, and we are breaking off and doing something different. This yeah. is what we need. And um, yeah, from there. So after I, I kind of like got my wits about me there, the rest of the draft was amazing. I mean, we went defenders the last, the next, I think three or four picks. Um, and we, we got, you know, guys in the secondary, which I was definitely, you know, even more than getting like an edge rusher, I just thought we'd get the chase on guy first because uh, he was kind of best available after some of those, those corners went down. And, and so um, we, you know, we addressed some of the secondary and secondary and felt like we got some steals in there. And so I was, I was, I'm, I'm like, I don't know if like, maybe it's because just this is the first draft that I've actually watched and seen like all the picks come through and analyze it all. But like, I'm, I'm feeling really good about this draft. Thankfully, I feel like that's kind of the uh, uh, the universal feeling for, you know, different Cowboys writers and whatnot. And and, and you guys at Blogging the Boys, which I got to say has, has definitely kept me well informed. And I'm I'm a little late to um, to the party. I've only kind of been on on the social media, the Twitter and, and Instagram with Blogging the Boys the last year. But it has been enlightening to say the least. I, I thank well, you guys for your fan. service. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be here I appreciate it and 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 I'm like yeah where have I been I've, I've been blown it I've been getting some, some very marginal Cowboys can't, can't content for a little while now but now you guys have changed the game for me it's very exciting better late than never um, at, <laughs> but uh but yeah I am I am hyped and and I am um, pretty excited I, I felt like we've, we've done good and it's a nice reminder that there is you know a new sheriff in town as far as the coaching side and and it's it's a whole um, it's a whole new ball game, and and I think that this is setting up very well for us. So, like a good Cowboys fan, like every year, I'm going in full hype, fully Super Bowl or bust. through yes. the roof. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the Super Bowl was and hopefully still is going to be on my birthday um, down there in Tampa, and so that I mean I'm already telling people when. Present. Exactly. The minute that the Super Bowl ended this year, I'm like, well, you know, next year, February seventh. You know, last time the Cowboys won a Super Bowl, yeah. it was in Tampa. Like it's my birthday, it's in Tampa. We're gonna the be back. Stars there. are aligning. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although, but I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing rumors that the they're gonna push the the season a month. Um, that, that we could be looking at like a Super Bowl in late February. And I was like, oh, selfish me is like, but my birthday. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? No, just forget. It could. I mean, it could happen. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But you. Yeah, but I'm, like I'm, I'm ex- Honestly, like I I want to like yeah. tap through some of those first because you mentioned you know how they at first like the cd lamb pick for you was like you're like oh wait because you're right like there was a big need on on for an edge rusher we obviously had tons of needed secondary shoot we could have taken you know mccarthy comes in and the whole conversation's been around if he's going to run a four three or a three four and and do you want a guy that can stand up and rush the rush the passer or do you want some guy who's going to have his hand on the ground like i honestly i think cowboys fans like chase on because he could do both and so i get it i get why there was a wtf moment or at least you know 
momentarily yeah. when the CD Lamb pick was was made. But do you feel like do you how much credit do you feel like you give a guy like McCarthy for coming in and do you, in, in getting guys like that, just getting good guys in the room versus getting a guy versus scheme? Because I think you saw the Taco Charlton pick last year. We keep on referencing it, but it was very much based on could he fit into the box that we were going to be operating within? And CD, yeah, we, we yeah. technically could use a third receiver because we lost a, a Randall Cobb and a Beasley, but we could have technically maybe gone without if we had to. And, and so this, and this is why I'm reminded that I, I'm just an armchair quarterback over here and definitely do not know what, I, what I'm talking about because I, when you think about it, like, oh, yeah, we did – you know, we, we lost uh, Randall Cobb and, and there is a need for like when, if people decide to like shut down Cooper, then, you know, Gallup's great. But like after that, there's not much going on. And, and right. you know, Dak needs to have these weapons and, and losing Randall Cobb was a bummer. I was like, oh no, like this was just one and done. And McCarthy was coming back. Like, why aren't we keeping him? So it was like, there is, there actually was a need for wide receiver. It just, you know, we, we thought maybe there were so many good ones in the draft. You can come later. But I, I think that, um, you know, that remark that, Will McClay saw, and I think that I actually got this from um, from blogging the boys. I think it was on the Instagram. Like at the very last sentence, McClay was so excited. You know, he's talking about how, you know, he, he, they're talking about getting good guys, and it's not just about the system. But he had the the quote of saying, "It's not the X's and the O's; it's the Jimmies and the Joes." And yes. that was brilliant. And and I think that for so long, and I've even, you know, I think I've been trained about this. You know, just kind of tuning in a little bit after the draft. Um, you know, back in the day being like, oh, okay, I guess we got guys to fill the needs that are going to work good in our system. That's a good thing, right? And then we go eight and eight. And you're like, what the heck? So I, I think that, you know, the fact that everything's been mixed up and we got McCarthy in there and, and he was somebody who, uh, again, I'm such a surprise. I'm like, is he backing up Jerry? Like, was, was Jerry just really stoked to have Lamb? And, you know, I know his friend had just passed away and like the Lamb last name. I was like, what's going on here? And I was like, no, no, no. Like McCarthy has, has got a different, you know, he's upgraded his system um and you know there's there's guys that really believe that it's it's about getting really good players and then making it all work and i'm like you know what i'm I'm all for it i'm I'm in this makes sense and then you look at it you stick it you know you stand back for a second and, and look at not only who we got in the draft and we, we wound up filling the needs that I, I thought we needed um with some exciting players and, and guys who are exciting for different reasons that i'm curious about to see how they're going to play um but you know you've got your your coaches and everyone seem to be aligned and, and really you know enthusiastically talking about how the draft went and how we've got this new system or not a new system, but how we've got just a whole new philosophy in, in the way that we're going to approach the next season. And, and that's like, it seems like everyone's on board. And so I'm like, you know what, this is, this is an exciting, exciting um, time. I feel, I feel like, and, and I hope it translates in the season. Was there a need that you felt like from your armchair uh, GM perspective that you <laughs> by this team in the draft? Yeah, I, I, I really hoped that we were going to get a, a center somewhere because I, you know, Travis Frederick, um, and what, what he's last couple of years that he's gone through, um, one of those guys that, you know, you, you don't understand how good you've had it until he's gone. And, and I think we all recognize him as being legit and just so good at his job that we never worried about the position. Um, and even actually, you know, last year when, or the year before when Frederick was out, like Looney did a great job, stepped up and, and, we just haven't worried about that position. And so I started to stress out a little bit um, and was hoping that, you know, that would be something that would be filled. At least a, we would need maybe a backup if Looney was going to start or whatnot. And um, I was, I was like, man, hopefully we can get like, are we able to get a guy like Travis Frederick? And then we get this guy. Um, I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, Tyler uh, Biotish. Yeah. Uh, Biotish, Biotish. Thank you. And <laughs> Like if you read into this guy, like he's from Wisconsin, like from Travis Frederick University, so it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's he's from the Travis Frederick University. He totally idolized this guy. Mirrors his game after him. I'm like, well, all right, things are falling into place for us. How about that? It's baby. So beer. again, I, I <laughs> yeah. So I like that. Um, so I felt like that was that was exciting, and 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 um, I, I think that that that's that's very promising, and I think there'll be some good co competition there, but. Um, Look, I, for the little I know on, on drafting players, I, I came out of this with on full hype, super excited, and feel like I, I don't know if there's another team that had a better draft than we did. Trying, you know, not to be biased, but um, it's just really exciting. Never from top, 
No, never. <laughs> <laughs> From top to bottom, um, especially when you see certain things happen in the draft to say the Eagles or, or, or uh, the Giants and seeing some of their fan reactions. It's just like, oh, <laughs> this is excellent. I got the Mr. Burns from the Simpsons hands. Like, yes, oh, yes, draft yes. another quarterback. <laughs> it's so amazing. Um, it's like, what do the Eagles but, want to um, do? Draft something they don't need. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, draft he could a- be a running back or something. Now they're saying, I can't believe that. That's weird. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, and then furthermore, as far as like some of the offseason pickups, uh, and like we got, you know, in, in, in free agency. Um, and I, I think that, I think there's gonna be some good competition, I hope, on, on defense going into um, uh, the preseason. And, and I hope from there that's, you know, iron sharpening iron and, and we get some, you know, really good guys out of it and people competing for positions. That's, I think that's what you want. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I, I think we're going to find some good competition. Um, you mean, you mentioned over in the offensive line, so for sure that's going to be interesting to watch between the two Connors and mm-hmm. Mooney and, and obviously, you know, the new draft pick. But then on the defensive end, you know, you've got a lot of uncertainty on some of the outsides of the D-line. You've got a couple guys that we're not sure, Alden Smith and Randy Bigger, if they're going to be active or even able to play reinstated. But like you mentioned, secondary was such a big need for us. We got some corners. Safety, I feel like, in my opinion – I was a little anxious coming out of that draft. Obviously, we got Ha Clinton Dix, but like they're talking about even moving over a guy like Cheeto or or Reggie Robinson, the new guy, could maybe take some reps mm-hmm. in, in that in that regard. So, like you said, definitely some interesting storylines to watch this offseason for sure. They're making us nervous, but uh, if the draft has taught us anything, maybe we need to chill and trust them a little bit. Okay, well, um, you guys have your wits about you much more than I do because I'm over here saying <laughs> like, oh, I feel like we're we're going to be all right. And I should I should know better because you're never all right. Like you you need you need to be you know on your toes here. Uh, and, but yeah, I, I, I you know um, I'm definitely guilty of of being overly hyped at, at the end of this draft and, and having nothing else to celebrate in sports. So I'm just like yes, look at my team. Like we've now because now you know after the draft and kind of the end of free agency here, we've played even picking up some guys at the end of the draft. Like we now know kind of what the team is going to look like for the most part, right? Um, you know, some things still need to fall into place. And yeah, is Gregory going to even be able to play? Is Goodell going to reinstate him? And, and you know, how in Alden Smith as well. Or, um, so I, I think that, um, yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this all shakes out. I feel like we put ourselves in a good position, but I think you guys are wise to be a little wary. That's, that's definitely you know, your seasons, Cowboys fans. <laughs> you know it. Um, okay, I have a wacky question. So, if you could have dinner with three Cowboys players, past or present, who are you inviting to dinner? Oh, that's a good one. Um, oh, man. I would probably go – yeah, I would go old school here. I would go – I'd have to get Troy Aikman there. Um, yes. I'd probably want Prime. I've seen a lot of – man, this is tough. Are you just going to invite the triplets? Yeah, I know, right? I, I feel like, oh, man, <laughs> I, I think maybe, well. It's not a bad answer. I, I think I, w- I, would, I would go, I wouldn't, no, no disrespect to Emmett Smith, but I, I would probably go Troy Aikman. I would go Prime. And then, God, I know Michael Irvin would be really fun. Um. That dinner would be lit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would probably have to go with guys from back then just to hear some of those stories. Um, I love stuff that. that I feel like I don't know as, as much about. Um, but who's a, who would be like, I mean, who, who, who's a good consensus, like a good wild card Cowboys dinner date for you guys? Oh. Like who, you know, like, you know oh, what? Oh, you're flipping the doesn't get enough credit. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going like, you know, yeah, you go, you go with Aikman and Prime and, and a guy like Irvin. You're gonna, you're gonna have a good time. I feel like that's a popular answer, but I'm like, you want, you want a crazy dinner? Like, if you want to go crazy, go T.O. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Can we have popcorn? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, like, it yes. depends on what dynamic you're looking for, my friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if my person. I want good cowboy stories. You know. Okay. Who's been a good fly me. on the wall that's got a good personality? Give you know me I mean? Irvin. Give me. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy Johnson, and there you go. give me. Can I? Can I do four? Can I have Dak and Don't Des? Cheat. Sorry, like <laughs> I'm, I just feel like 
Jimmy's a coach, so he's not a player, so he definitely doesn't count. Oh, so that's she before I'm going a loophole. With. You're welcome. Well, I still want to invite Jerry because I'm trying to have some Johnny Walker blue with that man someday. That's true. That would be a great. You one. know what? Yeah, that's actually. Yeah, I need. I need to take. Um, I need to take Irvin out of that, and I need to drop Jerry in. I, yeah, I, I just need to have a, have a dinner with that guy. He's mm-hmm. on the yacht too. The oh, dinner is yeah. going to be on the yacht. Okay, we'll make this happen. We will make this happen. Dinner on Jerry's yacht. Yeah, totally. I have that authority. <laughs> yeah, we do. We know people. Well, Stephen will tweet it, and we'll go through the back channels. People we know. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Done. Done. All right, we planned it. All right, so two last questions Done. for you, my friend. Um, mm-hmm. It does catch it, and predictions on the Cowboys season this year. One hundred percent, that caught it. That's that's yeah. If if good answer. If you don't think you that don't he caught it, then. I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're not somebody I ever want to have dinner with because yeah, you're, 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 you're a wet, you're a wet blanket. You're somebody who wants to go by the, the letter of the law on a rule that was such garbage um, yeah. back in the day that it, it did not have a life longer than a couple seasons. Heavy quotes um, around so, rule. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then what was the second question? I'm sorry. My, my blood pressure just shot up after the, right? death, or the, uh, the Dez, the Dez uh, thought. I forgot you really are a Cowboys fan. I appreciate this. Um, <laughs> your predictions on the Cowboys season this year. I know you said you feel good about it, but like, how good are we talking? Yeah, yeah. I, so my, um, again, the, the hype train has left the station. It is shooting to the moon. Um, I'm very excited. I, I, I saw that, I think somewhere in Vegas, I saw, had us over under nine and a half wins, um, which, I don't like, I, I like double digit wins. Of course, always, I think that we will get there. Um, because, and, and we better, cause if I have to look at the standings from last season online anymore, see it anywhere, if it flashes, it, I, I'm, I'm going to go crazy Reach. because we have us at eight and eight. And then the, the, the Eagles at nine and seven. And then you're just, you're quickly brought back to what happened at the end of last season. And I want, I want to pull my hair out. I, I want to inflict pain on myself. Um, but um, <laughs> you'd have to get another, I, I think that, <laughs> I think we, we had to hit rock bottom last year um, and, you know, big changes were made and, and um, we're going to, you know, we're going to be rewarded for everything that we've been through. And so far, you know, things are looking promising. Um, so I, I feel good at least, at least 10 wins in the division. Um, and of course we're always hoping for home playoff games. So um, I like it. yeah. Down with everyone else in the NFC East. Eagles for never. You could, yeah. you could adopt this saying that my, my bestie here uh, came up with. It's great. Yeah, I constantly tweet in all caps, Cowboys forever, Eagles for never. It's so, a good one. Uh, I like feel it. free to join in. Awesome. Steven, okay. you're amazing. Thank it. you so much for letting us talk to you for so long about all the things. I know it was just like your life story, and then obviously we went full Cowboys on you for a minute. But um, tell Cowboys Nation where they can find you and where they can find this new project of yours that you're working on. So when it is released, we can all dive into it and uh, binge it together. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. And I know I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Like I said, I've never had a chance to, to speak, you know, talk about the Cowboys or do anything like that uh, before. So this has been a treat and feel honored to have, have joined you guys and a big fan of, of what's going on with SB nation and, and blogging the boys. So you guys keep doing what you're doing over there. Uh, and um, yeah, you can check me out on, um, you know, Twitter and, and Instagram, I'm Stephen Coletti and, and uh, everyone is doing great is, is the show that we're working on now. Um, you'll see on, on my socials, it's, it's got a, a link to, uh, to check that out and get a little information about um, what that's all about. So, yeah. Awesome. Stephen Coletti, everyone, Cowboys fan first, actor, producer, and writer. Thanks, Stephen. That's Thank right. you. There you go. Thank you. Told y'all that would be fun. See, and um, I hope you guys caught the part where Steven said he's a big Blogging the Boys and SB Nation fan. And if you want to be like Steven, you can get all of your up-to-date Cowboys news over on bloggingtheboys.com. And also make sure you're subscribed to all of our podcasts, the Blogging the Boys feed, wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple iTunes. Um, Subscribe, rate, and review. You guys, it really does help us out. We hope you love our content as much as we do. And um, for... Girls Talking Boys, I'm Kelsey Charles, and this is Megan Murray. And as always, Cowboys forever, Eagles for never. See you guys next time.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.